0: Gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be ever pleasing in your sight. You are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, it was a strange and disorienting week. One full of grief and bewilderment and anger and fear palpable fear. The capital was stormed, lives were lost, there was mayhem and sedition, and the leader of our country was worse than silent. We thought we were leaving the craziness behind in 2020, but 2021, 10 days in, hasn't been much more sane. One of the beauties of having a faith community, of being a part of this church, and gathering each week, is that we bring our lives, our bodies, and souls into another context, into God's context. Today, with our Gospel reading, we're brought to the sandy banks of the Jordan. Mark, as we've just heard, makes it a point to say, That there are a lot of people gathered there at the banks. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him. It's Mark's way of saying everybody was there. Everyone you know, your whole neighborhood, your whole street, they are there. And we are there too. It's Cold this morning, and it may have been cold that morning. You can imagine the bodies shivering in line. Some people huddled with their families, some people standing alone. The sound of idle chatter, little clouds of smoke at the end of each person's breath. Everyone is there for the same reason to be baptized for the forgiveness of sins. And we're there. It's a new year. And who of us doesn't want a new start? All of humanity is there, the Gospel of Mark might as well say. And the mystery, the great mystery, is that Jesus is there too. Standing there in the long line of sinners and wayfarers, of bums and losers, is Jesus the Holy One who has come into the world to save sinners. What's Jesus doing out here among us? You could imagine people who recognize him asking, we know why we're all here after the week we've had, after the year we've had, but Jesus, the sinless one? Why is it? Why is it that we need this baptism? What has led us down to the shores this week? I'll tell you why I find myself at the banks of the Jordan. It's the only option I've got. I've tried everything else. Nobody goes out to the river to stand and wait and then finally receive their turn, only to be drowned and brought back up until it's their last option. We've read books on improving our lives, we've tried New Year's resolutions, we scan the shelves for our books on mindfulness and yoga and becoming the better version of ourselves. But here we are, out of luck and out of options, looking for a new start. Here with all of the Judean countryside and all of Jerusalem, we need to be saved. Baptism. Baptism is really about death. It's about admitting our own death. It's a stripping away. There's no giving of moral advice here on the banks. Humanity, it turns out, doesn't need advice. Humanity needs death and resurrection. The Bible's word for that is salvation. Full of steam... From two days of watching the news, I spent Friday locked into a Facebook jousting match with a friend from college. He posted what was, to my mind, a nonsense tweet, trying to bring some amount of sympathetic understanding to Wednesday's events. And I just couldn't let it go and turned into quite the saga. I even called Katie back, in, back into the back room, away from work a few times, to come in and read what I was typing up, just to confirm that I was right. My wife, my wise wife, warned, Garrett, you're probably best just to let this one go, which I'm happy to say that I did, two and a half hours later. And at that point, I felt kind of sick. It's like that feeling after you've eaten too much candy. A good argument feels like that while you're in it, but afterwards, you're just like, ugh. And the truth is, I had missed something truthful. Though I was right, I'd missed the truth. Because, really, in reality, I was just happy to be talking to this particular friend. I love this friend very much. He was actually the person who introduced me to the Episcopal Church some 15 years ago. But typing away at the speed of light, I couldn't see him, nor could I see the hurt I was feeling inside me about the week's happenings. I thought I could change him, and he thought he could change me. We were like two people at the banks of the Jordan arguing, duking it out. I didn't sleep well on Friday night, so I emailed him Saturday morning right before our anti-racism training. And I just said, hey man, we need to get together next time I'm in town. He agreed. But in this exchange, in this exchange with my friend, maybe you had one of these this past week, maybe you can relate. I did realize something. I began to think that maybe the people we argue with are the people we really love. And the argument is our way to work out, untangle our love. If only we could see it in the moment. Salvation is love glimpsed in the present moment. Wednesday was awful and painful to witness the fear and the terror, the flagrant disrespect of democracy and of our elected leaders, the encouragement from President Trump on the events, the stolen laptops, the busted windows, the blood on the busts, the blood from actual human beings and the lives lost. There's nothing to condone the actions and we're right to feel whatever it is we feel from grief to outrage to fatigue. And we're called to be with those people in our lives, right in front of us, who might disagree with us on the events. Not to agree, but to see past another's opinion into their humanity, into their fear. Why? Because that's what God does for us. God doesn't love us because we're good or right or exceptional human beings. God loves us because God is love. And I think being around people who are different from us, it's actually a gift because it allows us to untangle, it allows love to untangle itself more and more in our hearts. At least, that's what I think my Facebook showdown wanted to teach me. While all humanity stands on the shores of the Jordan, it's tempting to think that baptism is for everyone else. But it's for you and me, each day, to reaffirm and reacknowledge our baptisms. You know, it's an interesting theological question why it is that Jesus needs to be baptized. But my slightly heretical answer, just slightly, is that Jesus, even Jesus, recognizes that he too must grow. We often think that Jesus came into the world hatched as God. He came to live out the God life, the perfect life among us. He never sinned. He never thought a bad thought. He never got annoyed. He never woke up grumpy from an afternoon nap. Now, I admit these are tricky waters to wade into, but what impresses me about his baptism is that Jesus knows that to be human, to be fully human, is to grow. To be human is to recognize that you might be wrong. Actually, to be human is to be wrong, to have things only partially right, to stand in need of change, to need to grow. That's what I take baptism to be about. And that's why I'm at the banks of the Jordan this week after a long argument with a friend. I suspect that much of our society's present illness would change if we assumed the humility of baptism. I can't change other people. I can only change. I can't make others grow. I can only grow. Actually, I can't grow. I myself can't myself grow, but I can be willing to grow. And maybe, maybe that willingness is enough. To stand on the banks of the Jordan is to stand in humility. For in humility is where Christ is. He's always present among the humble, those who don't think they have all the answers, those who are willing to grow and change. So I have to tell you a story about my very first baptism at my parish in Pittsburgh. I was baptizing a set of triplets, two boys and a girl. Um, They were, I don't know, somewhere around two years of age, maybe a little older. Sometimes that age can be a little tricky with baptisms uh, because, well, you don't hold them. They walk up on a ladder themselves. They're also old enough to say, No. Well, this baptism, the baptisms themselves went great. Each of the kids did their part and perfectly stepped up onto the stool and let me rinse rinse their heads, guided each one up, guided each one back to their parents. But then, then came the moment to anoint them. The prayer book has the priest use the chrism oil to make the sign of the cross on the candidate's forehead with the words, you are sealed by the Holy Spirit and marked as Christ's own forever. Maybe you had those words said over you when you were younger. The first two kids were perfect. They were very receptive. But right after I marked the last one, actually right as I was going to mark the last one, he looked up at me and his big blue eyes blazed open, and he said, "Uh uh-oh. It was one of the most poignant theological utterances I've ever heard. Uh Uh-oh. My two-year-old friend glimpsed something that morning. Baptism changes everything, and that means us baptism isn't a sweet little rite. It's not merely an initiation into a local church. You are marked with the sign of the cross and your life has been changed forever. Your life isn't just a simple unfolding of right opinions. You are thrust on a path of growth and change. There's a lot more that can be said about baptism and its radical implications. In some ways, this little homily can only scratch the surface. But my question for you and me this morning is simple. Do we want to grow this year? Do you want to grow? Do you want to change? Like really? Do you want God to change your heart and help you grow in love? Friends, this has very little to do with who the president is. It has very little to do with what is on the news. It has very little to do with being right or holding the right view of things. It's just a radical humility that says, I must grow, I must change. The Jordan River isn't for anyone else. Are we willing to be made new people this year, more capable of love? Well, we're invited to give God whatever willingness we have daily in prayer. We offer ourselves to God. Here I am, Lord. How are you calling me to be less certain, less right and more loving? How are you remaking me? How do you want to expand my own heart this day? These are the questions of prayer. And you can just start each day with one of these. Maybe try this one. Lord, how do you want me to grow more in your image of love today? I think the willingness to be changed, the willingness to grow, I think it's not just our salvation. I think it makes God very happy too. Amen.